0: friday edition of the liz and jenny show we have brought on young anton how are you doing today anton
1: young anton i'm good pretty good yes
0: did you age on us over the last week you're still younger than us we'll always call you young anton
1: (laughs) you guys look a little tan did you go somewhere
0: oh
2: yes um where did you go liz i'm kidding i'm sitting in my (laughs) sitting in my (laughs) house no we haven't been anywhere we haven't been anywhere i don't think i look tan
1: Mm. Well, it's funny because Julia looked tan yesterday when we were doing the show, and and she um, and I was like, "Where did you go?" She's like, "Nowhere." I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's maybe it's the camp. I think you guys added like a little tint.
2: Um, it has been. It is. It has been sunny out. We have had some sunny days, and our days are getting longer. Um, spring negative is sunny. seventeen outside
0: right now. It's negative seventeen right now in It's negative sunny, seventeen. But it's rip your face off cold right now. Like I okay, my but it's
2: going to. It's going to be in the forties. But tomorrow. 30, 40. Then then we've got 40s, eight, maybe even 50s in the near future. It, spring is coming. And then basically
1: in the seventy and 80s in the summer. So we're
2: <laughs> almost there. <laughs> today,
0: you know, today is one of those days, though, where they talk about, this is the rip your face off cold. This is the days in Chicago when you can't, because it's windy, too, that you cannot. Oh. oh, yeah,
2: the wind. It's it's windy. That's bad.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I have some interesting news. I'm going to Universal this weekend.
2: Oh are you a harry potter fan
1: um i mean i'm not a non-fan i enjoy it i'm not a like a fan fan though you know what i mean
2: oh, and that's how i am like i enjoy harry potter but i'm not a super fan but i loved harry potter world and the harry potter rides you're gonna have a great time
1: is that there so we're going to one park the universal
0: well there is
2: islands of adventure or
0: universal studios so yeah yes if you're going to one they have it on both sides you just can't take the train in between Got it.
2: Yeah, right. So, but uh, definitely go to Harry Potter World. Get a butterbeer, the frozen butterbeer. Oh, good. that's
1: in Universal Studios, not Islands of Adventure, right? Okay, Well, yeah,
2: they have it in both. They, they have Harry both. Potter in both.
1: Got it. Oh, okay. Because see, I, I, I was, I was informed that the Islands of Adventure was the roller coasters, and I don't do the roller coasters, so.
0: There's coasters on both sides.
1: <laughs> I know, but the scary ones they said were on the other one.
2: <laughs> I don't know, but.
0: If I'm remembering correctly, you're—he's going to be on the side with Land, right?
2: I can't—I don't know which land is which, um, but I don't know how much it is to add the other park because then you could go to both Harry Potter worlds and take the train back and forth.
1: Oh, so there's—it's two different Harry Potter worlds.
0: It's Diagon Alley and uh, where is it? Diagon Alley and Hogwarts.
2: Where, right, and then you, right you're on the train. Like the train is cool too. So. See if you can get the additional, I don't know what it's going to cost. You're big time, Anton, 50 bucks or something. Then you can go to (laughs) (laughs) your lady. Just be like, hey, listen,
0: I'm sure you're going with your girlfriend. Be like, I'm going to pay for your train ride in between these two wonderful lands. Okay.
1: I'm not going. I'm going actually for a bachelor's party. You are? Mm Mm-hmm
2: is yes. who's getting married
1: and who's having their bachelor party at <laughs> universal no no it's not mine i would no you know where my bachelor party is gonna be come on what do you <laughs> yours is gonna be in vegas <laughs>
2: um
1: no but in, this one no this is a friend um but he yeah we're all going to universal uh you know it's a low-key one but it's gonna be fun i've never been there so it, it's gonna be extra fun for me because you know i have some learning to do apparently
0: I would well, like then, yeah, it's,
2: you'll, have, you'll have a good time. I, I love the Harry Potter worlds.
0: So I would like to hear your analysis though, because Disney and Universal, so they are two different parks with two different experiences. And I would like to see somebody who literally went to Disney for the first time a couple weeks ago, Anton. Yeah. Um, somebody who's literally going to Universal for the first time. I'd love to get your opinion on the compare and contrast them. I'm gonna guess
1: if I'm just like if I'm just hypothesize if I were if I were to shoot like I was to close my eyes and throw a dart at the board. You know, I would say I would like Universal better. I'm just putting it out there. I I I think the, the 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 based on what you said, like the Harry Potter world, it it seems more. I don't know. Not I don't want to say adult, but it seems like there's more. It's more interesting. I'm not sure. I, this is just a guess.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, we'll see when you get back because there are two. There are two two schools. I'm Team Disney.
2: Hi, my name is Liz, and I I'm Team Disney. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I, so, you would be. I get that.
2: But I feel like Disney, the whole park is. I love the whole park. Where Universal, I only like the Harry Potter world. I, everything else, could, I, it could not wouldn't have to exist. Like I'm only impressed really? with their Harry Potter lands. Okay. The rest of it, I don't
0: really. No, I do. So I, like I said, I'm on team Disney, but I like roller coasters, right? So I like scary roller coasters. I've written the Hulk rocket, anything you name it. I've been on it. Like the the greatest roller coaster I've ever been on is on the side that you're going on. And it's the, uh, that new, uh, Oh, the the new one. What is it? The Raptor? Raptor. It's the smoothest roller coaster I've ever been on. Like after it ended, everybody like applauded. I've never been on a roller coaster where people applaud before. So I do like roller coasters. I like the feel of Disney better. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, you guys are not fair. a roller coaster person, but if you're in Harry Potter, you'll love the Harry Potter land. It's very impressive.
0: See, yeah. Okay. Well, you
1: know, listen, I will report back to you with full details.
2: Like, I don't care about that Simpsons area. I don't care at all about the, um the like, Dr. Seuss land. Uh, I
0: love the Simpsons area. It's so funny because we watched all the Simpsons together, so, like, my kids love it. We take pictures by, like, Duff Beer. You can get a donut that's the size of your head. It's awesome, man. Oh, see? Like, even
1: that, like, right away, there. That's something that Disney doesn't even but, like.
2: Do. You'll like Simpson land. It's awesome. See? But that Dr. Seuss land, isn't that what that is? You have to walk through it to get to the harry potter that's, land that's the other side that's the side that's the side with all the scary rides they also have the okay. that's the worst side i think the other side is better
1: all right let's let's take i, I know we, i would love to talk more about this yeah what do you
2: yeah let's what are you bringing on to anton what are you bring? Oh, what is awesome is when
0: anton's got to rein us in usually... uh, well i, I mean <laughs>
1: well no no i mean i don't i don't really mind but i know i'm I, you know I'm, I'm i'm being watched by you know um, i'm being held accountable you know what i'm saying yeah like if i don't i'm gonna Did hear you get in
2: trouble anton
1: no i don't get in trouble i, I get a, i get a friendly um friendly friendly uh, friendly smack <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like,
2: uh,
1: <laughs> hey anton i know you guys what? have such a great time talking on this show but
0: all right, all keep
1: right. Please, shall we <laughs> no so no buckle down I'll,
0: i will comply now anton go
2: ahead
1: no Presenters no no Big big brother Tom is watching. No, I'm kidding. He's
0: not
2: <laughs> watching, he's in he California.
1: Is he's in California, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, let's cause I uh I do want to at least do some content. Here. Okay, uh where's it okay? So some some interesting stuff, right? So we have a market that seems to have a very different feel to it mm-hmm. than a month. Basically, a month ago, two months ago, so Well, no, no, last month. Oh, we're already in February. Oh my goodness. Okay, uh a month and a half ago, so mid-December.
0: We could say <laughs> so last. Year. To... We could say last year.
2: Different than last year. No, but even yeah, January. Just... January is kind of scary. People kind of thought, "Oh, is this going to be a bear market?" And now it just seems like it's a bull market again.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to kind of show from a from from just a chart perspective, and because I was talking to Ryan, not Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, I was talking to. um Chris, Chris, about this, on one of one of the shows that we were doing, Futures Power Hour.
0: Chris Vecchio, right?
1: Chris Vecchio, yeah, really, really great guy. Um, and we were kind of talking about how how this market, the sentiment has changed, and you can tell because of the way the price action intraday is going. Right, mm-hmm. the same way when in twenty twenty two we noticed that, okay, something's not. Something's off here. Like this doesn't, this doesn't seem like a typical buy the dip because every single dip that's been bought has been slapped,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there, right? So I wanted to show you, this is just gonna, gonna be like a little visual walkthrough. This is gonna be, we're gonna take two charts. Okay, this chart was taken mid-December, okay? okay. Um, and this chart was taken mid-January, I cut off the dates the first. Year. But this is mid January. Obviously, these are these are intraday and overnight hours for for the spot. So, for example, are these uh, one day charts? Huh?
0: These one
2: day charts? No, you can see on the bottom. It's a few this days. So
1: about we- two to three days, basically. So okay. there's there's light shaded areas that are overnight hours. I probably should have done it in SPX where they cut out the overnight stuff. But the main point is where the charts move a lot. That's the intraday hours. Okay. Now I just want to note, point something out here. Okay, notice that every single day in January, or at least this week in January, but this is, I would say representative of the majority of January, okay? Where you may have had, and I, this is cool, because, okay, do you see where my mouse is here? Mm-hmm. This is overnight, January 12th to 13th. This is the overnight hour, SPY sold off, opened, ripped higher, closed at its highs, right? January 12th, this was a day of the CPI report. We had a lot of volatility, but then, where do we, where when we settle out of the volatility, we closed higher, right? January 11th opened, sold off a little bit, but rallied back and closed higher. Same thing in January 10th. We opened it in our, uh, we opened down, closed higher. This is the opposite of what every single time what happened in the last couple of months, if you noticed, if we opened higher, we always sold off and closed lower, Mm -hmm. right? If we opened, and at best we would break even, like this day, for example, I forgot which day this was, but we opened down, I think this was some kind of CPA report, but we closed basically unchanged. Then we gave it back the next day. Then this day, complete sell-off and a little bit of a bounce at the very end. But essentially, if you take a look at the majority of the days in January, and the majority of the days in november october december you would see a chart that has three distinct differences okay and i'm going to get to the point in a second but the this but the differences boil down to the fact that a if the market whatever the market does in the morning either bounces a little bit or or whatever in the uh, through the morning and the afternoon in last year we had a sell off usually closed at the lows or somewhere near the lows we couldn't find a rally sustained through the whole day january is different right so i wanted to ask you do you ever do you ever use the recent sentiment that you see in the markets like if we can't hold a rally or if there's a huge afternoon sell off does that change your trading beyond the mechanics of IV rank and implied volatility and and all that stuff?
2: I think it does. I mean, I do think when your sentiment changes – you, your positions, you do adjust your positions. Like yesterday, I was selling puts in products, even though they were already up and the rank wasn't great, but I needed some theta. And how else could I get some theta? I was afraid to sell calls after the, these crazy rallies we've had
1: interesting okay so that's a huge thing see because there have been so many dead cat bounces in 2022 i think we i think i counted 10 where we had a slight few days or a few weeks rally sold off another week and then sold off sold off sold off. and by october you really didn't want to sell puts as much anymore mm-hmm. because you're like oh my gosh the last eight have been slapped this market's different in my yeah. opinion yeah but it's nothing to do with implied volatility because ivy's low right Louise, I know you were gonna say that I didn't let you get a chance to say something.
2: No,
0: no, no, I think you're right. Like you're looking at this, I think everybody's kind of watching the same movie. This is a different market than it was in December, for sure. Now everything is uh everything is awesome again, right? So every every down market is 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 met with buying, which is what we saw
2: before the pandemic. Right. Even right. bad news is good news. I mean, look at Apple. Yeah.
1: That's right. Well, well, even after the pandemic.
2: Mm hmm. I
0: mean, the pandemic, you're right. Even after the pandemic. But it, I'm just saying I'm. It, it's just I'm thinking about your um, conversation from last week where you were talking about how implied volatility clusters. So pre-pandemic, we had no volatility. And during the whole pandemic, it was going up, but there was still volatility. So you were right. getting you were getting paid during the last, you know, when right. the implied volatility was high. We're getting to the point where you're getting negative implied volatility numbers again. Right. And now it seems to be going up.
1: And it's, and it's interesting and it's fascinating because despite that despite all that I think people are more bullish now than they were in December or October on in aggregate if I mean Liz I mean Jenny you you even said yourself that you're you're selling puts even though IV is low and you don't want to sell calls Well, why is that that there's no technical reason for that
2: but, but, no- but it's tricky oh, yeah go, go ahead go go ahead and finish um, but I was gonna say like it, it is a little um tricky a finisher thought and yeah. I'll... Well, well no i i, I guess the,
1: the 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 i think this was an interesting topic for specifically the nature of the show trader's instinct because this is a truly instinctual dis, uh a uh, uh, piece of discernment where you have to ask yourself okay if i'm going to sell premium am i selling more puts than calls because or or calls and puts whatever it is right because that because if you look at your position, you will, in a sense, determine your sentiment for the market. If all of a sudden, from December, you were selling kind of a balance of puts and calls, and now all of a sudden, or maybe you weren't selling as much because you were kind of still on edge, and now all of a sudden you're more liberal with selling premium, especially to the put side, despite volatility being in its yearly lows, or not yearly lows, 52-week lows of the last year, that's a reflection of the fact that, OK, for some reason or another, I'm getting some sentiment or whatever it is that the market has changed. And I'm okay with being more bullish, even though prices, the Nasdaq's up like 10, 10, 15% in the last month and volatility is at see yearly lows.
0: We, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit last week too, Anton, when the implied volatility is so low, I'm still selling premium, but I just have to be directional with it. I'm not selling both sides because with a negative IVR, if I've got something that's got a negative IVR or a zero, I'm definitely not selling a triangle. No freaking way, right? No one in their right mind is, and the research tells you it doesn't make any sense to do it with the implied volatility, but I am still selling premium. I'm not going out there buying premium. I'm just picking a direction.
1: But that's the thing. Why are you picking the put side and the call side? That's And I'm not saying why. Well, I'm you saying can pay like,
0: more for the put side than you do the call side, always.
1: Right. But even with that being said, you yes, that, that, that's a good point. And I think there's a difference when you have a Okay. I think the best comparison is if you were to put yourself the same type of premium, but let's say this was October. Okay. Now, would you still be doing the same thing?
0: This, if it's October, do we have high, I don't remember, do we have high apply volatility? Uh,
1: yes, you did. But let's say you, were still, let's say you were still, okay, let's say the type of premium, in other words, the ratio of how much you're getting paid for the put versus the call, because you said one of the reasons you're doing the put size is because you're getting paid so much more. Would you be doing the same thing if it was October or December where everything is just getting slapped every single day?
0: Well, yeah, because and then you're doing then you're doing iron condors. You're doing defined risk on both sides. I mean, that was Johnny's New Year's resolution. I'm going to sell iron condors and IWM because even though you were
2: getting slack, they seem to work. Well, it wasn't iron condors. It was it, I mean, it was strangles because last year we were selling strangles. Right. Last year we were selling more strangles. We're selling both sides.
0: Neutral premium. If you want to define your risk, great. If you don't want to define your risk, great. OK, I think. OK, here's an interesting
1: question then. If you didn't have access, and maybe this is a hard question to answer. You know, this is. I'm not asking for a specific answer. You know, this isn't some. This isn't like a quiz or anything. But because I'm just, I'm just trying to get people's opinions because it's like, if, if you didn't have access to the charts, if all you had was the options chain and the IV rank and the IV of the underlying, which had no access to the charts, mm-hmm. would your trading be different now than it was in October? Yes. It would be.
0: Yes, me yes.
1: Okay why
0: <laughs> and because the charts and as much as i try not to i'm a quant if i just had the numbers i've said this a million and one times anton I said, if we played a game where we covered up everything, even if you took the symbol away from me and you just look at things from a mathematical mathematical perspective, my trading would be different because I have opinions, because I'm a human. I form opinions that I maybe should or shouldn't have, but I have them. They're based on what I've seen, my bias, what I've learned. But if you, even if you covered up the name of the symbol, that can throw me off. So if I'm looking at it from a straight up mathematical perspective, I would be selling both sides in a high IV. Not right now, though. I'd still be going directional.
1: Interesting. Fascinating. Okay, Jenny? I'm-
2: Oh, uh, here I mean, here's my struggle. I'm going to tell you my real struggle, because uh, I was in my account yesterday— my theta stinks, right? Everyone's theta is probably not what they want it to be right now because every the market's been running up. All the puts you've had on, you know, you've probably bought back. So uh, my theta is not very good right now. But if you look across the board, there isn't there is very little high IVR, um, vol is low, and the only places you see it is like natural gas or or you know, there's a handful of products that have it, but not many. So if you still want to have a diversified portfolio, because I'm, I'm looking at my account thinking, whoa. Oh, what am I going to put? Most of my money into natural gas and um, because that's where the vol is now. No, you're not going to do that. So you're forced to sell some premium. And like Liz said, when the vol is so low, you're almost forced to choose a side to pick a direction based on your own personal bias. Yeah. Um, and, and then I just scaled back my size. So I'm still selling quits with a low IVR in products that I don't mind being bullish in or getting in if it, the market pulls back. But scaled back my size, my fate is still not where I want it to be. Um, it, we're in kind of a mm, difficult, difficult situation. It's much easier to trade when the market's falling and vol is high than when the market's rising and the vol keeps decreasing. I also think even if I was blind if I
0: had to trade blind and I had to pick a side in a low IV I'm going with the puts by the nature of implied volatility because if a, if a market goes down then I know the implied volatility will increase right so if I sell a if I sell a call and I'm wrong I'm wrong, and there's not. I'm not getting any juice or <laughs> premium to defend my position. But if if I'm blindly trading something and I have to pick a side because there's low IV and I sell a put and the market falls out of bed, I know implied volatility on that is going to uptick, so I'll get more for the roll and I'll get more for my call if I were going to have to take that stock and sell it against it. So I know what my
2: next steps are if I have to pick a direction in a low implied volatility. Right. In our history of trading, Anton, listen, I've lost way more on naked calls than we've lost on naked puts. You know what's interesting
1: is is when whenever you another benefit of, and it's so cool you said this because whenever you you trade puts versus calls there's a there's a huge difference in in like like somebody who's trading who's selling calls or somebody who's selling puts totally totally different outlook on the market of people mm-hmm. like they're technically both premium selling strategies. But if you're a person who just sells calls versus another person who just sells puts, you guys could not be any different like you guys couldn't be any more different in in, in terms of your kind of mindset and, and thought on the market. Because, like you said, if the market falls out of bed, not only can you get more for the put when you roll, and not only can you do more stuff with management, but at that point the calls will be richer as well. You can mm-hmm. add the call to your position to neutralize your delta because you don't have one on. Now, of course, if you had one on yeah, you would have kind of get gotten a little bit of, a, of, of the credit because you already had it on. It would have been worthless. But the point is, is, how many times have we seen when the market goes up, it blows through that call, and there is nothing you can do, right? And, and the nice thing is when the market goes down, you have more volatility, you can add a call, and it's almost like you have less of a chance to be breached on the call, even though technically volatility is higher because you get so much more premium for it. So, you know, I don't, like... And it's and it's interesting when we look at calls in this type of market because, you know, they're trading, right? Like, I mean, they're they're always, you know, they're, they're, they're as liquid as ever, okay? But I'm curious, you know, in what situation would people be selling calls right now?
0: So it's interesting that they are liquid, Anton, because we talked about this the other day with some type of you know unusual option activity. You don't know what's with. You don't get the full story of why why people are trading calls. There are lots of calls being sold. It could be against something, right? So mm-hmm. people might have lots of stock. They might have put they might be adding calls on after the fact. You don't know why. The calls have their time and their place. And we have calls in our account. But I just very rarely will be like, oh, I'm gonna take a look at Amazon. I'm just gonna sell a call. It doesn't really happen, even though it's down for me.
1: No. no no me either i mean in in fact uh, selling call selling naked calls would probably be my last go to strategy if I, if i if i was going on the record and say what's the if if you had to rank your desirable strategies from first to last selling naked calls almost certainly last place
2: i agree i don't think i have one in my yeah. account right now i don't think i have a single naked call I looked for some, I looked for some yesterday. I'm like, I'm going to find some calls to add on since I was selling puts. I wanted to add some calls and other products, but I couldn't, uh, I couldn't push the button on any of them.
1: Yep. 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 There just isn't the premium. And, and one that even when there is, there's so much more premium on the put side Mm -hmm. that it just doesn't, you know.
0: It just reminds me, Anton, of the whole, uh, I wish I got, it over there. I'd have to get up to get it. But those shirts that Jenny made me, these tiny little red tank tops that Frank did squeeze into one day, but it says, I don't need a dollar. I don't need a dollar that way. And that's just kind of how I feel about selling. If I'm going to be selling a strangle, I would rather take my put up by two strikes and get that premium that way than add the call. So if I can get 50 cents and 50 cents, I'd rather take my put up by two strikes and get the dollar that way instead of doing both sides. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I think it mainly goes down to the fact that when the calls are sold, when the, when the calls are rich, okay, well, there are two situations. Calls are cheap because of IV, in which case- I'm just to- gonna let everyone know it's 11, but
2: finish oh. your thought, Anton, okay. it's 11. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, when calls are cheap, nobody wants to sell them because they're cheap and markets are usually at highs, okay? When calls are expensive, markets are usually at lows and there's so much action, you don't wanna sell the call because you're probably gonna get whips out to the upside. So oh, regardless, yeah. it's almost like a catch 22. You don't wanna sell the call for a, for a certain reason, but it covers all the basis. Like you you're almost, it's like any situation, you're almost never gonna to wanna to sell calls if you're a nature like contrarian trader. I think that's one of the reasons.
2: I agree, I agree, Anton. I excellent, agree. excellent, excellent, good stuff today. Uh, Anton, thank you so much for joining us. Have fun at Universal. Send us and send pictures, tweet some pictures, include the hashtag LAZJNY so we can see them next week. There we go. All right. Everybody have a wonderful weekend and remember to trade small, trade often. Laugh with us, learn with us, and watch the Liz and Jenny show. See you on Monday.
0: The content of this podcast is provided solely by Tasty Trade, Inc., and are not the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliate companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a research report, trading or investment advice, or a recommendation that any investment strategy, security, or futures product is suitable for any person. You are responsible for making your own investment decisions in light of your individual investment knowledge, objectives, and financial situation. Applicable supporting documentation for any claims, including claims made on behalf of options programs, comparison, recommendations, statistics, or other technical data will be supplied upon request. Tasty Trade Inc. is
2: not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.